Salvation Now podcast, where you'll discover and be equipped with keys from the Word of God that will pave the way to God's unlimited blessing in your life. Now, here's your host, Evangelist T.J. Malkanji. Today, let's get in it. We're going to be talking about supernatural living. Supernatural living. We're going to be addressing the lifestyle of a believer. What is our life supposed to look like? The supernatural, I wrote this in the description, the supernatural is to be the natural for the believer, for the born-again believer. Isaiah 8.18, the Bible says this, I and the children whom the Lord has given to me, we are for signs and for wonders. God did not cause you to be born again. You didn't get born again into a natural kingdom. You didn't give your life to Jesus just so that things can be a little easier on this earth. Jesus didn't go through the agony of the cross, getting whipped and bruised and broken and and ultimately hanging on a cross for us just so that he can wrap his arm around you and say, I hope that helps. No, Jesus did it all. He triumphed so that his triumph can become our triumph. He became victorious for us. He did it all so that we can become, Romans 8, 37, more than conquerors through yeah. Christ who loved us. And so today, Pastor Oscar and I are going to go through main keys on how to have victory, practical victory. And many of you have heard me say this on the broadcast before. The Bible is a victory book. The Bible is a book that documents the victories that God has wrought through his people. There's no failure in the Bible. There's no defeat in the Bible outside of the devil's defeat. The only time the Bible ever brings up failure and defeat is in reference to Satan himself. But when it talks about the believer, 2 Corinthians 2.14, thanks be unto God who always leads us to triumph through all things in Christ Jesus. Psalm 1, one of our favorite scriptures on this broadcast. The Bible doesn't say that the righteous will be like a shrub or some deserted branch that is withered away. No, it says that we're going to be like a tree firmly planted and we're going to produce fruit in every season. I want you to write that in the comment section. I want you to write fruit in every season. Put this, I will bear fruit in every season. I will bear fruit in every season. Because that's your portion as a child of God. Pastor Oscar, take it away. Yeah, one of the things that I would like to say is, you know, one of th- I love your energy. Your energy is so contagious. And I believe that is the spirit of faith that you carry inside of you. And I just want to prep everybody because we're going to be speaking about a lot of different things. But I want to prepare your spirit right from the get-go. And this is a very familiar passage of scripture which i want to read i believe that you come on this broadcast yes to get the word of god and 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 the perspectives that tj brings to the table but the thing is you come to this broadcast because you like to hear the word of god that comes out of his mouth because he's always speak speaking the word of the lord and matthew chapter 8 very familiar passage of scripture says this the faith of a roman officer when jesus returned to capernaum a roman officer came and pleaded with him Come, sorry, plead with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word and I know I know that my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or I say come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, listen to this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, for those whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, don't miss this, go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. So I just wanted to start 
off right up with that scripture. We're not speaking about healing today, but I did want you to like extend your faith because right now we are not in the same room as you are. We are not perhaps in the same province that you're watching. We're not in the same location, but I love it because our Lord, our heavenly father, he is not limited by time. He's not limited by space. He doesn't, he's not confined to a box. You can't put him under a hat. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega. So he's able to do many, many things, but there is a great ingredient which you see from this Roman officer. And the great ingredient was this. It was faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He had heard about Jesus and he therefore knew, Lord, you don't need to come into my home. You All you need to do is say the word. So I want you to, as you're hearing the word of God being preached, as you're hearing the word of God being spoken, whatever it is that you need, whether it's in your body because you need healing, whether you need provision, whether you need encouragement, whatever it is that you need in your life, right now as you are watching this broadcast receive it by faith and let your attitude be the same attitude that this roman officer had and i'm telling you if you do you will receive something today and you will not be disappointed do you believe that if you do type amen yeah, and it's powerful because everything in the christian world everything in the bible is received by faith and I love how you tackled that because Jesus didn't rebuke the centurion for his faith. He commended him publicly. And remember, he's talking to a Gentile person. And so for yep. him to say, I've not found such great faith, not even in Israel, that was a sting to the Jews that were listening to him right there. That was a sting because they, yep. you know, they thought they and they are the chosen people and they are the people of God, but they thought they had it all. And here you have Jesus commending somebody who, remember, Jesus's mission was first to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus had no obligation to heal the centurion servant because in that time period, his mission was to the Jew first. Remember, salvation's to the Jew first. And so a centurion Gentile man who has no business asking God for anything at that time is able to get, is able to get Jesus to heal his servant by faith, by faith. And we've heard this many times. When your faith says yes, God yes. will never say no. And so if we can point, put point number one in today's broadcast, it would be if you're going to get victory, it's going to have to be by faith. You can't arrive at victory with wishful thinking. You can't arrive at victory with wishful thinking. You can't just have desire because a desire alone does nothing. The Bible says desire without action it actually brings like depravity. Desire without action. The Bible says a lazy man desires, but he has nothing. A lazy man desires, but he has nothing. But it's in labor, in laboring with your faith, that you arrive at something. You know, the Bible admonishes us. Paul tells Timothy, you are to fight the good fight of faith. There's the only, that's the only fight the believer is to fight. We're not called to fight demons we're not called to fight god we're not called to fight our brothers and sisters in christ and far too often that's what it is it's people bickering with one another but that's not the fight we're called to fight we're called to fight the fight of faith the fight yes. of faith and i want to read actually i open up my bible to first timothy chapter 1 verse 18 this is paul talking to timothy he says this charge i commit to you hey jay love you man this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, so Paul's saying, Timothy, you've got such great prophecies. Timothy, so many people have spoken so many great words over you. There's been such amazing prophetic words over your life. And I've, I know, watching right now in this chat, I know that there are many people there are many people that have, have received the word. You've read the Bible. You have a direct word from the Lord because anything you read in this book is a word from the Lord. I have people mm. that come to me and said, Brother TJ, can you give me a word from the Lord? I said, here's your word from the Lord. Crack your Bible open because as you open That's up right. your Bible, you're going to get the word of the Lord. And there's a lot of people, you know, every word from the Lord is a prophecy concerning you. Everything. Yeah. Everything. 
The spirit of Christ is the spirit of prophecy, the Bible says. So, And who is the one that inspired the authors to write these words? The spirit of Christ was in them, moving them to write. So every word in this Bible is a prophetic word concerning you. But look at what Paul says to Timothy. He doesn't say concerning the prophecies previously made concerning you. They're going to come to pass. Just sit back, relax, enjoy the ride, brother. It's going to be an adventure. You don't have to do anything. Just sit back and relax. No, he says concerning them... By them, you should wage the good warfare. Having faith and a good conscience. So how do you wage the good warfare? By having faith. By keeping in the arena of faith. You know, I remember Brother Hagen used to say, if the devil can get you into the arena of reason and logic mm. and what your sense knowledge is giving you, what you see, what you hear, what you feel, he will whip you every single day of the week. But if you can keep him in the arena of faith, if you can keep him in the octagon of faith, you'll beat his ugly butt every single yeah. day of the week. Paul says you should have faith in a good conscience. But then he goes, some have rejected concern the faith and they've suffered shipwreck so notice Paul said God's will for you is not to suffer shipwreck God doesn't want you to be a mess God doesn't want you to be in this we're in a season of you know we're in a desert season right now there's no such season for the child of God and they always use Moses and they always use the children of Israel they went through the wilderness and all that why did they go through the wilderness because they rejected the word of the Lord they rejected obedience if you reject obedience you have forfeited blessing but if you accept obedience you will be launched into blessing that no eye has seen no ear has heard nor has it ever been witnessed in the heart of man yeah, 100%, man. I completely agree with that. You know, that's that's what Deuteronomy 28 tells us, right? If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. And then it lists on verse 2, right? You will experience all these blessings. And it, it goes on. And it starts with obedience. So obviously, all these people that are watching this right now, and it goes for you and me, right? Like we could be preaching all these things, but if we actually don't obey what we're actually saying, then we're not going to receive anything. That's when right. it comes to victory, man, it's not just about quoting scripture out of just because you know this is what we're supposed to do man it has to get inside of you right it really has to get inside you and when it gets inside of you that is really what produces those amazing results as you saw today we're talking about victor we're talking about like the supernatural lifestyle should be like the natural lifestyle of every believer when you were speaking uh brother tj like one of the things that came to my mind was it really should be that way when i was a when i was a teen and I was still living at home. One of the things that my dad, uh, you know, he always instilled us to be able to be in the house of the Lord. So I, I grew up in church. I went to church. You know, I sang all the songs. And I really, when I really became real to me is when I was around the age of 16. I, I remember getting baptized. And I got so into the word. And I remember reading the word and reading the gospels, reading the book of Acts, right? When Jesus is walking, uh, when, when Jesus was walking among the people in the gospels, right? And you, I realized one thing. I remember telling my dad after reading the scriptures, I said, Dad, after reading this, I really think that Christians should live as superheroes. And my dad, from a Baptist background at the time, basically he's like, you know, he had not even experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He really didn't know what to say, right? Because they have a little bit of a different teaching. But as looking at me as a 16-year-old boy, he said, son, you're right. We should be living as superheroes in this world. That means the Christians don't have to live like everybody else. We should be people who are going around bringing salvation. The Bible calls us that we are agents of reconciliation. We should be walking around uh, healing people, right? Making sure that people are, are being healed in their bodies, whatever it is, in their mind. We should be walking around being encouragers, sons of encouragement the Bible talks about. We should be walking around this world and people should gravitate to us. Yes, people will hate us for sure. The evil ones are going to hate us but people should gravitate to us That's why right. because we are living in this world completely different 
The world is saying, man, you look different. You don't look, you don't speak the same. You're not, your speech is so different. How come you're always encouraging? And that is, you know, that is exactly how we should be living. Not just when you're a preacher, not just because you are, you know, an apostle, a prophet, evangelist. No, no, no. This is for every single person that puts their face and trust in the Lord. People should look at you and say, man, I want to be like you. And what is our responsibility? Not to say, yes, oh, you know, this is how I am. I'm so good. I'm so this. No, that is our chance. That is our opportunity to point them to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the one who has changed us, the one who transformed us, the one that we actually, when we wake up in the morning, we say, thank you, Lord, that I am alive because without you, who knows where I would be? You know, I know your testimony uh, of Brother TJ, you know, I know your testimony is pretty wild and for real, where would we be without Christ? Where would we be without him? And I believe that when it comes to victory, Man, when we look to him, that is really where our victory comes from. Out of ourselves, there's really nothing. But when we understand that, man, that God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for us, man, what a victory where he actually conquers sin, death, hell, and the grave. What a victory when we understand that when he went, right, like we were, we were doomed, right? Because sin entered the world. We were basically, it was done. It was done for us because of one man, right? Adam's sin. But thank the Lord because of Jesus Christ, That's because right. of one man we could live. We have this victorious life. And there's a song, uh, Evangelist CJ, I think it's called Champion, right? I think from, I, I don't know who sings it, but I love, that is one of my favorite songs. The lyrics of that word are wonderful because it, it shows us that we are carrying this victory message. And that is a wonderful thing. Not only do we get a chance to live victorious in this life, but we get to carry this message all over the world. Billy Graham used to often say this. They used to, people used to tell him, man, you are a great messenger you are a great preacher and he would often answer with saying this he said i am not a great preacher but i do preach a great message and man what a great message we get a chance to preach That's my awesome. friend to be able to preach victory into people's lives and see people's lives be changed transformed and renewed by the power of the holy spirit i want you to write in the comment section i was created to be envied not pitied I was created yes, to be envied, good. not pitied. I was created to be envied, not pitied, because that has to get into you. God did not, like Pastor Oscar said, he didn't create you to be some normal chump. He created you <laughs> to be envied and not pitied. The very first command of scripture is not, hey, Adam, you know, uh, I know I'm putting you on earth right now, but uh, listen, things are going to be hard. No, he said, be fruitful and multiply. You, have, you actually have an anointing to multiply and to be fruitful. Yes. But if the devil can get you to second guess that, remember, the devil just operates by getting people to second guess, to, to doubt. That's how the devil operates. Just like God's blessings are released by faith, the devil, you give him a foothold when you start to mm. second guess what God has said and doubt what God has said. God has said, you're blessed. I think if you're gonna have victory, and, and one of the main foundations to arriving at victory is to understand that you are blessed. You're not yeah. waiting to be blessed. You're not waiting to get blessed. And I hear a lot of Christians say, oh, you know, brother so-and-so, you know, he, he laid his hands on me and I got blessed then. You didn't get blessed then. You want to know when you got blessed? Let me tell you when you got blessed. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to show you when God blessed you. Because a lot of people are waiting to be blessed. I just, you know, I, I'm not very lucky in life. Things don't really go well for me. You know, I'm just waiting for God's blessing to kick in. As if it's like, there's like a delay, delayed reaction for it. Ephesians 1 verse 3. This is Paul's words. And I don't care what people have said. I'm going to go with what Paul said. I consider him to be an expert in the things pertaining to Christianity. Ephesians 1 in verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. See, I'm convinced most people need like a, a first grade reading level or like whatever. Kindergarten, kindergarten reading level. Whenever you learn past tense, future tense, present tense. Because 
If we would just understand verbiage and, and, and the tenses of words and stuff, if we can just understand that, past tense, future tense, past uh, and present tense, we will facilitate our Bible reading and interpretations way, way more. This is what he says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Who has blessed us? Yes, come on. Who has blessed us? I'm just waiting to be blessed. Who has blessed us? With what? Or surely, he, you know, we're blessed because we're going to heaven, but, you know, there's a lot of things we still have to believe God to bless us with. No. Who has blessed us? And then Paul obviously understood that there would be people that would say that. Well, you know, he's blessed us with certain things, but not everyone has every blessing. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, because you belong to Christ, every heavenly blessing, anything heaven has to offer. You want to know what heaven has to offer? Whatever is not present in heaven, heaven doesn't give to earth. Whatever is present in heaven, heaven is ready to give to earth. Is there sickness in heaven? There's no sickness in heaven. So heaven doesn't give sickness to earth and heaven actually is of no sickness it's a sickness free environment and so part of the blessing in heavenly places is partaking of a sickness free environment if you're looking for victory in your health today the the blessing of god is the solution for the curses of this earth or whatever sin brought on the human race in heaven there's no handicapped parking spaces there's no children's cancer wards there's no hospitals in heaven there's no um what do you call them there's no crutches in heaven there's no canes in heaven and so that gives you a good picture as to what god wants to do in your life he wants a mysteriously strong people to walk on the earth like pastor oscar said people should look at the body of christ and say man there's something different how is it that's what they did with the israelites the people looked and they feared God because of how well he took care of the children of Israel. There was none feeble and there was none weak amongst all their tribe. They had victory in the area of their health. God wants to give you victory in the area of your health today. God wants you to be strong and vital. The Bible says in Exodus 23, 25, how do we know God wants to bring you victory in the area of your health? Because Exodus settled the account. He says, if thou will serve the Lord your God, he will bless your bread and your water, and he will take sickness out of your mints. Not he'll let it stay there. He said, I'll take it. I'll remove it. Well, when did God take it? When Jesus hung on that cross and he took, the Bible says, our sicknesses. Isaiah 53 says, he took our pains. He took it upon himself. He carried your tumor. He carried your diabetes. He carried your high blood pressure. He carried it all. He he redeemed us from all the curse of the law so that you can break free from sickness today. That's why he's hung on that cross and his final words were what? It is finished. What is finished? The devil's reign of terror over your life. Your days of defeat. Your days of being crushed, perplexed, suppressed, oppressed, depressed, and anxious. Those days are ended. It is finished. So quit saying, oh, brother, how many of you know the struggle is real? The struggle ain't <laughs> real. The struggle's over. I want you to write that in, in, the, in the comment section. Write that out. Uh, put that in the comment section. It's today's confession. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. And I go back to what I said before. If the devil can get you to think that the struggle ain't over, that's what clicked in me. When I saw that vision, many of you know my testimony, I saw that vision of Jesus and the three scriptures that popped up, Isaiah 53, 1 Peter 2, 24, and Matthew 8, 16, and 17. I saw my healing dealt with. I saw it, it was finished. That's when I got healed. See your victory. See your victory. Man, one of the things, it, it is so powerful, man. And, and one of the things that, oh, sorry, I just got to do this because I just saw my dad pop in on the comments. Harry Sosa, love you very much you know he is a big fan of evangelist tj and he has no hey, choice but Harry. to be a big fan of me because i'm his son <laughs> he actually calls evangelist tj which most of you know he calls him a lion he calls him a lion he goes that guy is a lion 
So anyways, I love it. But anyways, just to continue what you were saying, uh, you know, it's important that you really believe that because the thing is when it comes to the area of victory, when it comes to this area, a lot of people, what they end up doing is uh, they hear the voices, right? Like, oh, you are a prosperity preacher or you're, you know, you, you just believe that everything's going to be okay. You just think that, you know, and then they end up bringing passages in scripture that they think actually contradict the message, which they actually don't. And they often bring up Job, right? Like, Pastor, uh, uh, you know, if you've been doing, you've been doing ministry for a long time, TJ, and you understand, right? People often say like, you know, they bring up Job. They ask questions about Job and what about Job and his life? Did, you know, this is what God did and all this stuff. And in reality, if you have to read it's very important and i'm telling you this as a pastor not uh, you know for those who are watching it is very important that you read the scriptures in context it is very important to look at the right. full counsel of the gospel so don't just make your your theology based on on, on one verse or really, you know, uh, realistically, some people base their theology on, on a song that they hear. Unfortunately, some people base their theology on whatever their grandmother told them, and that's all they know. Well, that's why it's important that we get into the scripture. And when it comes to Job, a lot of people end up bringing Job and they say, well, this is how it's going to be. Uh, you know, this is how I see, the, you know, in the little scripture and, and, and Job, you know, lost everything. But if you go to the end of Job in chapter 42, it is very important. And you see, some of you may actually even have the title of verse 42 says, in conclusion, in conclusion. And I love it because you have this whole book. And at the end, it says, in conclusion, the Lord blesses Job. The Lord blesses right. Job. And verse 16 says this, Job lived 140 after that, 140 years after that, to see four generations of his children and grandchildren. Then he died, and an old man who had lived a long, full life. A Come long, on. full life. Not just a, a life where you get to the age of 90 or 100 years old and every single part of your body hurts and you say, man, I wish I could die. No, no, no. A long, full life. That means that you really understand and you're grasping when the Lord says, I have come that you may have life and life more right. abundantly. That means you are living in that reality. That means you are, you know, at 90 years old, you are still moving. You're still jogging. I look at my grandmother. My grandmother, my grandmother is 80 years of age right now. That lady, she is still is able to touch her fingers, her tip of her fingers all the way to the ground. She, When I find her at home, she is moving around. She still plays with her great grandchildren. Listen to that. That is really living the fullness of life that God wants us for us, that God promised us. Right? My grandmother gets on the ground with my with her great grandchildren. She plays with my kids. She plays with my little girl. She even puts my son. He's three and a half years old. You know, he he's somewhat heavy, right? She carries him on his back, and she's going around like a little horsey. Man, that is the way that we should be living. So it is very important. I don't know if we could make this a point, Evangelist TJ, but what comes out of our mouth? It is so important when it comes yes. to victory. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, the Bible says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue right and they them who loved it will eat its fruit so therefore right. i'm telling you if you want to live a victorious life start practicing now don't wait until you're 40 don't wait until you're 50 don't wait until you're 60 not that that's too late right Be thank god nothing is too late but start doing it now if you're in your 20s start saying thank you lord jesus that i'm healthy i'm strong that is how i'm going to be all the days of my life and it's not just declaring words of affirmation over you because i see all this kind of nonsense on tiktok man on tiktok people are saying like this you know affirmations for the month and all these things and it's like it's based on stupidity it's actually based on doctrines like the, that come from the pit of hell but when you have affirmations when you have declarations that actually come from the word of god that is what's going to bring life that is what's going to make you green that is really what's going to make you full of joy faith brings joy so as you're speaking these things as you're speaking life in every situation as you're speaking life over yourself how do you do that you read deuteronomy then you also read the book of genesis you read yeah. through the gospels and you start declaring over yourself man thank you lord jesus that i am the head that i am not the tail that i am above only i am never beneath that you caused me to prosper in every area of my life thank you lord jesus that i am united with christ 
in heavenly places, you start declaring over yourself, man, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You got to remember that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. Oh my goodness. I love the Holy Spirit. And I, that is a message I could speak about all the time. Why? Because honestly, I used to be somebody who I didn't actually receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, as I was growing up. But once I received it, I was never against it. But once I received it my goodness that what an empowerment of heaven goes to show you that the lord saying i want victory for your life victory should be yours forever this is what i want for you not only in heaven but even while you're here on this earth and i believe that's why the lord is even empowering us by the holy spirit he gives us this this hope right that we are hoping for this future glory that we're once going to see but he gives us this this foretaste by giving us the holy spirit so that we could experience heaven on earth and i'm gonna That's tell right. you right now that is the way that we should be living i see evangelist tj i'm telling you he is the same person on the screen and off the screen i was just with him yesterday when we're talking man there is victory that comes out of his mouth there is joy that comes out of his mouth there is faith that comes out of his mouth and why it's not because he's trying to put an act no it's because he is in the word so you get up if you want to speak life if you want to live this 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 christian life and you want to live in victory you got to be in the word it is so imperative that you are in the word that you are intimate with the father because you could take up a bible and just read and hide Highlight all your declarations, but intimacy with the Father is really you'll be able to speak the words, but it's going to come from a place of faith, of understanding. And you're saying, Yes, Lord, I could have this for myself. Why? Because I believe that my God is good. And if the Lord said it in His word, I could take that to the bank. Woo! That's so good. My goodness. See, just from Him quoting like four or five scriptures, you see the anointing. Just see, people, man, they, they, I need more anointing. I need more. It's not that you need more anointing. You just got to understand how the anointing is released. He just quoted four scriptures, and you you can type one in the chat if you felt the anointing coming. You've I, I felt the anointing just get stronger and stronger as the scriptures built up. James chapter one. This is what James says. James is actually, in case you didn't know, is Jesus's half brother. I say half because they didn't have the same father. And G, James <laughs> says this. He says in verse twenty one of chapter one. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. So he's saying, don't let filthy words come out of your mouth. Don't let wicked things come out of your mouth. Don't use your mouth to destroy. Don't use your mouth to berate yourself. Be careful of your self-talk. Don't talk about yourself uh, like you're a dirty rag. Whatever the Bible doesn't say about you, don't say about yourself. Whatever right. the Bible does not say about you, don't say about yourself. Because I want you to remember something. Because people think they're being humble. I'm just nothing. I'm just a dirty old <laughs> wretched thing. They think they're being humble. But in reality, you're actually, you're grieving the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible says it's no longer you that lives. You've been crucified with Christ. So when you're talking about yourself, who are you talking about? It's Christ that lives in you. Greater is he that lives in you. So when you start to say, I'm stupid, I'm dumb, you're, you are grieving the Holy Ghost that lives in you because it's not you that lives anymore. It's God's spirit that lives in you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit and redemption has made you a totally new person. So when you yes. talk filthy about yourself, when you talk crooked about yourself, when you think you're being humble because you're downplaying words about yourself and you're you think you're being humble because you're, 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 you're you know, saying all kinds of nonsense. I'm poor, I'm dumb, I've never been bright. You're actually grieving the Holy Spirit. Look at what James says. He says, rather you should receive with meekness. And this is going back to what Pastor Oscar said. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Be yes. doers of the word and not hearers only. One of the ways you're a doer of the word is by monitoring your confession. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. So one of the ways that we do the word, that we practice the word, is by practicing your confession. And he says, don't be a hearer only. Don't just be a... Uh, uh, don't just be an intaker of the word. Actually, actually carry an output. Don't just take it in, speak it out. Yes. For if anyone is just a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who observes his natural face in a mirror and he observes himself, he sees what he looks like. So James is saying the word shows you what you look like in Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. He says that the word is a mirror. 
It, when you look in a mirror, what do you see? Well, when you look in a natural mirror, you see your flesh, you see your blemishes, you see whatever. When you look in the word, it's a supernatural mirror and it shows you what you supernaturally look like in Christ Jesus. And he says, don't be like somebody who looks into the mirror and then walks away. You do your five, 10 minute devotion in the morning. Then you walk away and you totally forget everything you just studied in what you did your devotions on. And he says, he immediately forgets what kind of man he was. And he looked, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that's why you'll see David oftentimes in the Psalms, he says, meditate on it. Don't just read it. This isn't your Facebook news feed. Don't just glance at it. <laughs> meditate on it. Chew it. Absorb it. Ingest it. You know, I forget which animal it is. I think it's a cow that has seven stomachs. Or it might be a yeah, sheep. Yeah, that's what it is. I think that's it's a sheep. It has seven stomachs. It's a cow. It's a, it's sheep, a cow. Right? It's a cow. Okay. A cow yeah, has yeah. seven stomachs. And so when, you, when it eats food, it goes through one, digests it with its acidic acids and all that. Then it goes through another and then another and then another. And finally it comes out. When you meditate on the word, don't just let it come in and out. Let it come in and let it go through your spiritual stomach. Ingest it. Uh, I like how David Oyedepo says, meditation is the mental grinding of the truth until yeah. the substance is extracted. So grind it. Eat it. If the Bible says I'm more than a conqueror, take that seriously. Find out what does that mean to be more than a conqueror? What does that mean practically for me? Yeah. He says, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it isn't a forgetful here but a, an effectual doer of the work, that man's going to be blessed in everything he does. That's what James says. Then verse uh, chapter 3, James goes on to say, your tongue is like the rudder of a ship. Your yes. tongue, the rudder of the ship, is that little piece at the back of the ship that guides the ship and navigates the ship. And your, the Bible says your tongue is like that. And you could either use it to guide yourself into worse storms. You find yourself in a battle right now. You can use your tongue to either just go around in that same storm or go into an even worse storm. Or you can use your tongue like the rudder of a ship is used to guide yourself out of the storm and into victory. Be sure, the Bible says, have faith in God. For whosoever will say, faith is all about your confession. Faith, you will never rise higher than your confession of faith. You'll never yes, rise higher than your confession right. of faith. So faith is released through what you say. That's not me or Pastor Oscar saying that. That's Jesus. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Have the faith of God for whosoever will say unto this mountain, be thou uprooted and cast into the sea. Not whosoever will complain about his mountain. Whosoever will say... And not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he saith will come to pass. He will have whatsoever things he says. Amen. You can have what you say. I said this yes. on Tuesday's broadcast, but it bears repetition. Don't talk about where you're at now. That's the trap. Don't talk about what you're seeing. Talk about what you want to see. Don't talk about what you're, where you're at now. Talk about where you're going. Use your yes. mouth to navigate yourself out of the stormy trials and seas and into the safe haven. That's what Jesus did. He got up and he said, hush, be still. He didn't say, disciples, we knew this day would come. The storms are here. No, he got up and he spoke to the storm. Hush, be still. And the, the storm became, or the sea became perfectly still. 100%. And honestly, if you've been following TJ for, for, a long, for a long time now, you see that, man, the Lord delights in the small beginnings. But the life of victory, man, I remember when, when we first did a, a, a broadcast that he first invited me on. And, and we were rejoicing. Just a, a handful of people had, like, uh, had showed up, right? To listen to the broadcast and now it look you look at a few years later it, it's not it's definitely there's consistency there there's definitely discipline but the hand of the lord is there and i'll tell you this i've been able to see you just because obviously i'm a good friend of his so in all that in the seasons where you know you're like oh man it's, is it really growing is it really you know it, 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 are we really making an impact that never actually came out of his mouth now i don't know if he thought about it 
but it never came out of his mouth. It was always a confession of faith. It was always one day we're going to be bigger. One day we're going to have more reach. Man, it's it's growing. It's doing well. I love what the Lord is doing. And when you speak like that, man, you start seeing the results and you see the results, man. You go, you know, like uh, I'm so happy to, to, to have a friend like TJ in my life because sharpen, uh, iron sharpens iron, right? So a friend sharpens another. And I'm telling you, every time I get around him, man, I want to, I want to, I want to go and do more for the Lord. I want to believe God for greater things. I want to make sure, you know, because why we're running together. We're running as a team. We're doing this great thing. So right. it is very important. Your confession definitely does matter. You also, not only your confession, like we said before, if you want to actually live you want to live Psalms, Psalm chapter 1, where it says, right? Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Verse 2, very important. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are planted like trees along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. If you want to experience constant victor, victory, perpetual victory, if you will, meditate on the word of the Lord day right. and night. Pastor, should I do it in the morning? Yes. Should I do it at night? Yes. Should I do it in the afternoon? Yes. Day and night, the Bible tells us, if you are in the Word daily, you will have the right words coming out of you at the right time. When If there's any pressure that comes into your life, you, the first thing that is going to come out of your mouth is going to be the Word of the Lord and not words of defeat, not words of calamity, not words of discouragement, but only words that bring encouragement. Victory is definitely ours. If I may, I just want to share a testimony because this is the way we should be living and i'm telling you right now is there was one time a young man that was he used to come to our young adults uh he was kind of like in and out unfortunately for various different reasons he ends up um he ends up going to a psych ward uh you know like mental where, where mental patients go and uh, the parents ended up reaching out to me and they said Pastor, would you be able to go and pray for my son? I said, absolutely. I remember when I got there, uh, I ended up telling the parents, just tell me when I could go and I'll go. So I ended up going. One of the things that you got to do, right, as if you were as a believer, you're carrying the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's very important that you never go uh, without your sword. So I ended up going with my Bible. I remember going into this psych ward and the way Places like this work, they have security upon security, right? Like there's a door because they don't want people to escape. They don't know how uh, how things are going to happen. But I remember getting there. I knocked the first door. They let me in. I take the elevator. I go to the floor where he was at. And, and it really looks eerie. Like you're looking around. There's like, you're like nothing's good could happen in this floor. And I remember like kind of just knocking on the little door. I could see a little window. And I see some patients going around. And so then one of the doctors end up, well, doctors or nurses, I don't know who he was, but they end up coming to see me, somebody who worked there. And they said, are you here for a patient? And I said, yes, I'm here for such and such patient. And then the guy eyeballs my Bible. He literally looks at my Bible, I have it right tucked in, you know, and he says, is that a Bible? And I said, yes. <laughs> and, and when I said yes, he basically said, well, I'm asking because the thing is, you know, unfortunately, there are so many patients that end up manifesting. These are his words, not mine. End up manifesting when a Bible is brought into this wow. place. One of the things that you got to understand. Anyways, he ends up letting me in. One of the things you got to understand, the supernatural is real. But God has given us victory in every area of life. And you, you got to believe this. Where is the devil? If I had to ask you, where is the devil? The devil is under your feet. And if the devil right. is under your feet, that means anything else, anything that works for the devil, any minions that work for the devil, any sickness and disease that come, you know, come from the devil, any of those things, man, there are much lower, right? Like they're super under your feet. They're like buried, like beneath the ground. So I, and anyways, I end up going in and yes, unfortunately, this is how you see, right? People like kind of start looking at you weird. All the patients are like, some people are growling. I end up going into the room. And when I see these young men, this is by the, by the Holy Spirit. He was very calm. I remember just laying my hands on him because the Bible says we should lay our hands on the sick and watch them recover. And I pray the prayer of faith over him. 
and we prayed for healing. And I'm telling you right now, it did not take more than two days. When I left that place, nothing looked like I changed. The parents looked at me like, thank you for coming. And in the natural, nothing looked like I changed. But in the, in the spiritual, something definitely had happened, right? And when I left two days later, that young man was out and he was in church and we were praising the Lord. He was even, uh, you know, he took some time and he said, pastor, can I be mentored by you? It was like night and day and that is the victory that you and i should be living in we should be going into places like that we should be going into hospitals we should be going wherever the lord sends us we should be people that bring the presence of god into the room and because we bring the presence of god into the room we also bring his victory we also bring his healing we bring his protection we bring whatever it is that the need is we bring the solution uh, Pastor, I stole, I, I basically st steal this from, from Evangelist TJ. He said it once and it stuck with me. He said, when, when Jesus comes into the room, when the presence of God comes into the room, he does not come alone, but he comes with an entourage. And he, what is that entourage? Joy, peace, love, healing, protection, provision. And I'm telling you right now, that is the, if you're listening to this, I believe it's because God wants to make you somebody who's going to carry his victory. He carry his message till the ends of the earth until the Lord calls you home. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. And it reminds me of Proverbs, um, Proverbs 23, 7, that says, as a man thinketh in himself, so is he. When you went into that psych ward to help that guy out, I guarantee you didn't have the mindset of like, I don't know if I'm much help to anybody. <laughs> I, I don't know what I can do. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a lowly servant doing, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you equipped yourself with the word of God. Uh, especially right. Mark 16, you know, you in my name, you'll cast out demons. If That's you right. don't have a victory mind, you're you're going to walk around like Evangelist Jonathan says, as the guy, third guy <laughs> from the left on the evolution chart. Your arms hunched over, you know, looking like you need help rather than the being being the one who actually brings help. And and you know, even your physical composure when you're out. It, it matters. If you look yes. at yourself in a mirror and you just look like this all the time, <laughs> you look like a weasel. Like, you're not... It's like the seven sons of Sceva. The seven sons of Sceva tried to cast a demon out. And yes. they said, we adjure you by the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. They didn't have their own revelation of who they That's were in right. Christ. They didn't have their own faith. They didn't have their own... They were just saying... They were trying to use the name like a four-leaf clover. And what happened? <laughs> the Bible says they, the demon, the man in whom the evil spirit was, leaped on them, prevailed against them, and they, he, they left the house bruised, wounded, and naked. They got humiliated. Not yeah. because the name didn't carry power. Because what did the demon say? Jesus we know. We understand his authority, and we don't mess around with that one. And then they didn't say... Paul, we tolerate sometimes, but other times we're a little more... No, Jesus we know, Paul we know. They equated Jesus and Paul. They put him on the same level. Because we know Paul's in Christ. We respect him the same way we would respect if Christ were giving us the command to leave. And because of that, you look at Paul. Why did Paul stand out? Why did they say, Paul we know? Why didn't they say, Peter we know, or something like that? You look at the Pauline epistles. The Pauline epistles are a revelation of who you are in Christ. It's Paul's system of truth. It shows you that you are victorious. It shows you that you're more than a conqueror. It shows you who you are in Christ. It shows you uh, what you've been made to be in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So Paul carried that mindset. As a man thinks in himself, so is he. Be careful what you think about yourself. That's why I want to read yes. this, Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. Listen to this. My son, give attention to my words. So your mind's not going to change its mind about you. You're not going to change your mind about yourself if you just, you don't pick up your Bible and read. It's not just going to automatically happen. The, the writer of Proverbs says, give attention to my words. Remember what Paul said? Don't be conformed with the patterns of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind. You renew your mind. You, you, I like to say it this way. You're building a victory mind in yourself as you read yes. the scriptures. You're building. You're charging yourself up. Like a battery gets charged up. You're charging yourself up. 
with a victory mindset. If I don't read my Bible and Pastor Oscar doesn't read their Bible or Apostle so-and-so, it doesn't matter what you are. If you don't read your Bible, you're going to have a leak in your battery, which, is, which contains your victory mindset. And you're going you're gonna to be drained out. And I'm telling you, you're going to start seeing your confession waiver. You're going yeah. to start saying things that aren't faith statements. Things that three months ago when you were on fire, you would have said, what are you saying? But now because you've, you've, uh, you've not added wood to the fire, yeah. you've, you've kind of backslidden in that confession area. The way you build yourself up back again is by getting in the word. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them ever depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For their life to those that find them and health to all their flesh, keep your heart, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. When you read about what God did for Israel in the Old Testament, the battles that God fought for them, the impossible situations Esther was in on a national level, facing extermination of the Jews, and what God did for them, you start to get drunk off those testimonies, you start to see your perspective changes. That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Because when you start to see that God was able to raise Lazarus from the dead, you're not so worried about the doctor's report that you have a, a, a faulty pancreas or whatever. When you start to see how God bailed out the widow of Zarephath so that she and he and her household ate for many days, you're not so worrying anymore or anxious about your banker's report saying, if you don't you know, come up with this amount of money, you're going to face bankruptcy. No, I'm in covenant with God like That's that right. widow was, and I know that my God's going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. When you yes. start to see, the Bible is loaded with not tiny little battles, major problems. That's why God put the major ones in here, because it shows you, if God did, look at Goliath, major giant, yes. but by God's anointing, David was able to, to, to slay him. He puts the big ones in because you start to see that your problem's not that bad after all. That your situation's not that impossible after all. That if God be for me, really nothing can come against me. That if the Lord is my helper, who should I fear? If the Lord is my light and my salvation, where should, why should I be afraid? If God is on my side, then who cares about who's not on my side? Pastor Oscar. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you you were still going to continue there. <laughs> Man, I, I love it. I love this theme of victory. You are hitting. How do you how do they say that expression? Right, like the 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 nail right on the head, my friend. Uh, as you were speaking, you you mentioned that the sons of Eskiva, and I thought about that exact same analogy. Sometimes people want to use the name of Jesus, but without revelation of what Jesus has done for us, man, we are, you know, it's like, don't use it. It's better you don't use it because you could definitely get into trouble. But man, when you have a revelation of what, of that beautiful name, the Lord actually says that he gave us that name, right? When you have a revelation of that name, there's a story uh, which I often share because I believe that it, it brings a great illustration about the power in the name of Jesus. There was this mother who wanted to go to the grocery stores. And every time she went, her little boy used to often ask for cookies. And so she wanted to go, but she said, you know what? Listen, we are going to go to the grocery store and I want you to not ask me. Don't ask me for any cookies whatsoever. And she's making sure that her little boy really understands, like, don't ask me for any cookies. And so the little boy, you know, basically says, sure, mama, I won't ask you for any cookies. And um, so they drive to the grocery store. They get to the grocery store. She puts them in the cart, you know, like those little seats there that you have for for little for little kids. And and she's going around the the, the aisles, right, but taking her stuff and doing her grocery, looking at her list as she's doing this. Uh, I don't know why this mother ends decides going and she goes through the aisle where the cookies are. So at this point. The little boy is looking and, and you know, he's trying to contain himself like every little boy would, right? Like you want to say something, you you love those cookies and he's really trying to contain himself. And so they, they pass the aisle 
Then finally, I don't know why, this mother again, she forgot something. So she goes through the same aisle again. And at this point, this little boy, he cannot contain himself. And he tells his mom, mom, I want some cookies. And the mom looks at him immediately and, and she says, hey, I told you not to ask me for any cookies. And the little boy's like basically stays quiet and and then again, she, they stay a little longer in that aisle. And the little boy, again, you know, his little feet are moving around, his little hands of like, and then finally he says, Mom, Mom, I really want some cookies. And the mom at this point says, don't ask me for any cookies anymore. We're almost done. We're, we're going to go back home soon. Don't ask me for any cookies. You promised. And so this little boy, once again, he's like biting his lip. He doesn't want to say anything. He really doesn't want anything anymore. But there is something that this little boy ended up learning in Sunday school class. And what he learned in Sunday school was this, is that there is power in the name of Jesus. So he ends up looking at his mom and says, Mama, in the name of Jesus, I want some cookies. And at that point, I tell you, without this is not a joke. The people that were around basically took some cookies and told them, I just give this little boy some cookies. And they started putting cookies inside the cart. And the little boy left that store with cookies in the cart, all with smiles and all that stuff. Why? Because he understood one thing. And he understood Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, that says, Therefore, God elevated to the place of highest honor that at the mention of the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow on heaven, on earth, and under the earth. So whatever it is they brought you here, whatever it is, whether it's sickness and disease, it has to bow down to the name of Jesus. There is nothing more powerful than that precious name. And the Lord says that we, we could use the name. We could use the name of Jesus. So, I, oh man, I'm ready to pray, but pray, if you want to keep going, pray. Evangelist TJ, we could keep going. No, pray, pray, pray. Man, I'm going to pray right now. right now. If you need healing in your body, if you need provision, I'm going to pray right now. Just in the same way how we started this broadcast about like, you know, having the faith of, of, of the Roman officer. You, We don't have to be in the physical location, but you can receive healing by faith right now where you're at. You can receive provision by faith right now where you're at. You can receive healing of your mind right by faith right now where you're at. You can receive direction. If you've been saying, like, what should I do with my life? You can receive direction. So I want to pray this prayer right now for everybody that's been watching, everybody who stuck this long with us on this broadcast. In the same faith that this little boy had, put your faith in Jesus. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, in Jesus' precious mighty name, I pray for everybody that's watching right now. Whatever the need is, in Jesus' Jesus, precious, mighty name, the name that is the highest name possible in the name that carries power. Father, I thank you in Jesus, precious, mighty name. We can command healing to flow through everyone's body right now from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. Let healing virtue power flow in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, that those who need direction right now, they would receive direction. They would receive a blueprint from heaven to know exactly what the next step is for them to take in Jesus precious mighty name for those who need peace of mind thank you Lord that you said in your word that you have not given us a spirit of fear but of power love and of a sound mind thank you Jesus that you said that you have given us the mind of Christ therefore we could we could think clean thoughts. So in the name of Jesus, every mind, every brain that's been polluted with disgusting things from the enemy, I commanded to be broken now in Jesus precious mighty name. If you need encouragement, I believe that just by hearing the word, you were encouraged. And right now, the last thing I would want to pray for is this, that if you need provision in your life, I'm telling you, the Lord not only died for sickness and disease, he not only died so that he could see you in heaven and you could spend heaven, your eternity in heaven, but he also died so that you could live well on this earth. The Bible says that Jesus came, right? So, and he became poor so that you and I could be rich. So if you need provision, 
provision in your life right now. I'm telling you, I've seen my life. I've been I've been poor once before, and rich is much better. And I'm telling you right now, that richness comes from the Lord. The Bible actually tells us, right, that the Lord blesses us, and He adds no sorrow to it. He actually says in His Word, right, that we should we should be living this life prosperously, not only in spirit but also in every area of our life. So if you need provision. I want to pray for you specifically. Father, in the same way how you took me from a place of poverty, from a place where I had no wisdom and no revelation of your word. Father, I thank you, Lord, that everybody that's watching right now, they would receive an impartation to believe you for the impossible. Father, I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' precious mighty name, that from provision would come their way from east, west, north, and south, and everywhere in between. In Jesus' precious mighty name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you type amen in the chat if you receive that prayer. If you're watching right now and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you need to do so right now. Maybe you have in the past, but somewhere down the line, you've gotten off track. You're not serving God quite like you know you should. And if Jesus were to come back today, you're not 100% sure you'd make heaven. That's In these times, in these days that we're living in, we are in the last minutes of the last days. Final few seconds, matter of fact. And it's not a time to gamble with your eternal salvation and your eternal welfare, ultimately. Everyone's going to spend their eternity... In either heaven or hell. There's no neutral ground. Heaven is real. Hell is real. So a rapper once said, you're going to live forever whether you want to or not. Some of you will end up holy. Some of you will end up hot. I want you to end up holy. You're going to live forever. There's no annihilism. There's this doctrine of annihilationism, which is that man, when he dies, he just ceases to exist. There ain't nothing like that. The Bible certainly does not teach that. You will live forever. But where you spend eternity depends ultimately on you god yes. has made provision for you to do for you to spend eternity in heaven with him god has done everything in his power for you to make heaven i want you to pray this prayer with me to receive jesus today and make sure your name is written in the lamb's book of life settle the account right here right now it's very simple a b c admit you're a sinner a b believe in the gospel that Jesus rose from the dead. And C, commit your life to Jesus right yes. now. Do it right now. Pray this with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess Jesus is my Lord. I turn to you. Forgive me of all my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and I'll never be the same again. I am saved. I am forgiven. Heaven is my home, God is my Father, and I'm never turning back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I would love for you to go on my website, salvationnow.ca. The first link that pops up, some of you can put that in the chat, salvationnow.ca. The first link that pops up is I just got saved. Click that link, fill it out. Fill it out. Get that information to me. I want to send you a welcome package, a Bible, some reading material, some stuff, free of charge, totally free, just a way of welcoming you into the family of God. Please do that. SalvationNow.ca. I just got saved. There's a first link that you just click that, fill out that form. We're going to get that to you. God bless you. Stay connected with us by visiting us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching at TJ Malkanji, or visit us online www.salvationnow.ca God bless you and until next time.